0: The Digital Lifestyle presents TDO Mobile, show number 103, for Monday, February 20th, 2012. I'm Jose Ortiz. And I'm Jason Coombs.
1: How you doing, Jace? Yeah, I'm good, thanks very much yeah, uh, we uh, after having that two-week roll, we've uh, let ourselves slip again. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Uh, I think
0: we gave it a shot, but uh, you know, conflicting schedules last week. But <clears throat> luckily, we we're able to get together early this week and cover the news. Luckily, it was a pretty slow week in terms of news.
1: Yeah, it certainly was. It didn't seem to be too much going on. I think um, I guess most places are kind of holding their mobile news back until next week. At, uh, mobile World Congress and that kicks off on Monday I think it is, isn't it yeah Tuesday yep. Wednesday I think
0: yeah I think the the biggest news was probably the uh, you know Apple kind of unveiled their the the new OS X which no longer Mac OS X is only OS X and what was it Mountain Lion or something like that
1: yeah something um, like
0: that so I, I I mean the big mobile news out of that is that you know we're we're starting to see that convergence between uh, you know, the iOS and, and OS X, um, I think messenger, uh, or iMessage, uh, was, was built into the OS and is available for beta for download that you can, you know, message between devices. Uh, it still seems a little buggy. Um, and then there's just a lot of elements from iOS that are crossing over to, to Mountain Lion. So, uh, but other than that, I mean, it's, you know, Apple's update to OS X.
1: Yeah, I think it's um I think the most interesting thing I kinda of picked up is it really kinda of shows that <clears throat> they're trying to head in the same direction that Microsoft is and trying to make that experience coherent across all the different plat- all the different devices and all the different ways that you interact with Apple services. So um I guess in some ways they're probably gonna get there first. <laughs>
0: right, right. Um so, I mean, I think that was the biggest news. Other than that, it was a pretty slow week, but we were able to pull out a few interesting stories that uh, that we can uh, talk about. Um, quite a bit of HTC news this week, actually, uh, starting with the announcement that HTC was going to offer kind of a, a limited preview, or early access preview to some of their, um, what do they call it? Uh, it's like their Elite Club or something like that, that um, is going to get Android 4.0 Ice Cream Sandwich on the HTC Sensation and Sensation XE, um, at least the European versions of the handset. Uh, and these are going to be the OEM uh, versions, not um, Elevate Beta Program. That's where it was. Um, yeah, so it's shouldn't expect that if you have uh, kind of a carrier-branded... Uh, device. Um, but I'm I'm guessing this is kind of their way of, of beta testing the ROM. Um and at least it, it kind of gives you insight as to what the release schedule of ice cream sandwich for HCC devices is gonna be. Um, it, it seems a lot closer, right, if they're rolling it out to to at least their elevate beta program members.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean um I guess they wouldn't be doing that unless they were relatively happy with the, with the spit and polish, and you know whether or not it's available. You know, going to leave anybody with a, a brick device during the update process, or even just you know using the, the build that they're releasing. So, um, it's certainly good to see the Ice Cream Sandwich rolling out to, to more people.
0: Yeah, so um, hopefully it's we we start seeing it for more of or of the HTC lineup. Uh, of course, we know they have tons of phones out. Uh, in the market, so hopefully we get to see that uh, come sooner than later. Um, <clears throat> some other, uh, some more information uh, leaked out about the HTC One X, which we will no doubt hear more about next week at Mobile World Congress. Um, of course, running Ice Cream Sandwich. Um, let's see, uh, the Tegra 3 quad core with one gig of RAM. Um, 32 gigs of storage space um, still with a uh, there, there's no micro SD slot kind of a, as we've seen with the Galaxy Nexus with Classroom Sandwich no expandable storage so that's probably why there's so much uh, onboard board storage um, and then of course the the usual stuff um, it's nice to see that they're including NFC support um, I mean, so far that the Android devices with NFC built in have been extremely limited. Uh, I personally can't think of any uh, any device other than the Nexus devices that includes the Nexus S and of course the Galaxy Nexus. Um, so I, I can't. I've been using Google Wallet recently, so I can't wait to see more devices with NFC support.
1: Yes, uh, I mean it looks it looks nice from the back, but I have to say from the front it kind of looks. Like
0: every other HTC device? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, like the Titan, but I mean, the back looks looks quite classy. I was just trying to see, see if I could pick up what materials it was made up of. But, um, but yeah, certainly the back seems to stand out. Um,
0: yeah, based on the renders, I would say, it, I mean, it has a bit of brushed aluminum up uh, where, yeah. the, where the camera is, but the rest of it, uh, knowing HTC, it's probably that soft-touch material uh, that I personally really like. Um, but I don't really see them changing much of, uh, of the material usage. It'd be nice if it was more of that uh, aluminum that they use on the HD2. Um, it's worth mentioning it's got a pretty big screen, a 4.7-inch screen, uh, with 720p uh, Super LCD display. Um, it'd be nice if it was uh, more of the build quality of like the HD2, because the HD2 was, felt so solid. Um, but my guess is that it's going to be more of that plastic soft-touch material.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It just um, it's only to seem that HCC are kind of milking their chassis for all it's worth, you know. Just yeah. <laughs> once they get once they get, a, I guess you know, once you've got your production facilities in place, you, you know, you're just gonna start knocking them out, and then it's just a matter of what um, what kind of front you put on it and what operating system you dump on it.
0: Yep, exactly. Um, so <clears throat> I'm sure we'll we'll find out more next week uh, at Mobile World Congress. Uh, and some other kind of, uh, rumors, uh, going around is that HTC is possibly working on some PlayStation certified, uh, devices. I mean, so far the only, uh, PlayStation certified devices have been, have come from Sony, uh, of course, uh, starting with the original, uh, Xperia Play, uh, which has the the D pad and the game control uh, buttons on there, um, and then they also, uh, I believe, the tablet uh, S, the the Sony Tablet S, was also PlayStation certified. So anything PlayStation certified so far has come out directly from Sony. Uh, so if this is accurate, then I believe this should be the first non-Sony uh, manufactured device that would be PlayStation
1: certified. Yeah, certainly the first that I've um, I've read about, and I guess <clears throat> I guess in some ways it only makes sense, doesn't it? It's a bit like um it's a bit like Microsoft stretching the Xbox brand across onto uh, iOS and potentially Android. So, you know, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, as I've said before, companies are really reaching that point where you just can't afford to only offer, offer your facilities on a certain device made by a certain manufacturer because, you know, people, are people aren't, people don't have that devotion and dedication to a particular brand anymore. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, uh, I mean, I, I actually haven't tried uh, – I have the, the Sony Tablet S. Uh, I haven't tried uh, much of the, the PlayStation gaming on there. I remember I went to the Sony store before I got the Tablet S myself, and I played a, a bit of uh, – I think it was Crash Bandicoot that was loaded on there. and It was interesting, but it, it's – you know, on-screen controls are definitely not like actual hardware controls, right? I, I could definitely see the Xperia play. Uh, being fun playing PlayStation, uh, old PS1 games on the uh, on the Xperia Play because um, you have the actual D-pad, you have the actual buttons. On-screen controls, I don't know. I've never been great at on-screen controls unless it's uh, directly interactive screens, uh, a lot Angry Birds, right? Yeah. So with Angry Birds, you, you directly interact with the objects. However, when, when you have this kind of virtual D-pad, there, there's no tactility to let you know you know, that you're actually up or how far on the up button you are or how hard you're pressing it. So the lack of tactility for me leaves something to be desired. Um, I have a PS3 that I play basically every night, um, so I'm used to hardboard buttons um, if I'm using controls, an actual control, uh, rather than directly interacting with objects in the game.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, totally agree. I I had... Um... I had a quick play on a couple of games on on someone's iPad and it was, you know, you you kind of get so immersed in the game in front of you that your fingers kind of wander off the sensitive areas and, you know, you find yourself, you know, suddenly losing control of the game because you've moved your hands or, you know, at least like you say with that controller, you know exactly where where the buttons are and you can, if you, you know, if you do happen to move off them, you know, you can just locate them again, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean certainly my I mean my my gaming on my Windows phone has kind of been limited to like you say those those kind of games like Angry Bird style games where it's just you know tactile touch to actually control what you see you know kind of like Fruit Ninja style and things like that. So right, right.
0: Um, but again, uh, well I'm sure next week we'll we'll know more about it whether or not the the rumors were were true or. Just rumors. Um, And uh, finally, some related Android news. Uh, It looks like Apple uh, wants to ban uh, the Galaxy Nexus by Samsung. Um, It has some some arguments as far as uh, patent violations, uh, and I believe it's four of them, three of which were just granted to them in December, uh, so just a couple months ago uh one of which dates back to 1999 when it was uh it was issued to them in 1999 uh so it looks like it's it's targeting more ice cream sandwich than it is uh the samsung hardware right so we know that apple and samsung have been this battle and and apple has wanted to ban um the the galaxy s devices the galaxy devices uh from samsung because of similarity in packaging and and Hardware design and whatnot. Uh, well, this is really software-related. And, I mean, the software is just raw ice cream sandwich. So it's it's really targeting uh, Android rather than, than the hardware uh, Samsung is producing here. Um, so here's a, a rundown of the patents. The first patent I, I thought was funny because I could have sworn um, Microsoft implemented this in Windows Mobile, even Nokia and Symbian, uh, way earlier than this. But... I would think that one of them two would have the patent on this, but I guess it's Apple. Uh, and this is basically detecting whether it's like a phone number, uh, an email address, uh, a URL, um, a, a physical address, and automatically turning into a link that you can then click on for some type of action. So if it's a phone number, you can tap on on the phone number and it automatically dials the number for you. Um, or if it's an email... you email address you can tap on the email and it, it composes an email address to that email for you so you can start uh or if it's an address a physical address it you can tap it and it launches let's say maps or something like that um, so that that that's the first patent that they're claiming
1: just seems i mean I can think of a number of technologies that I use that would infringe on that patent <laughs> right <laughs> it right just makes a mock of this whole thing i mean it's like you know. Every day I use my web browser and Skype fills in the numbers for me so I can, <laughs> <qualify>. <laughs> you know, I understand that people need to protect their, um, you know, their intellectual property, but, you know, it, it just gets a bit ridiculous when it comes down to this, this level, you know, surely, yeah. surely pattern protection is about, you know, you invent a flying car kind of thing and you don't want people to copy it, but just highlighting stuff on a web page is just,
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it also, it, uh, I think this goes back to a conversation we we had on a previous show, which is that um, I think the fact that Apple is actually actively looking for, for stuff to, to kind of shut down Android on shows how much of a, a threat Android has become to them, right? It's It went from Android being this really janky, very kind of geeky. Operating system to now being very mainstream, especially with Ice Cream Sandwich, uh, with the update to Ice Cream Sandwich and, and how fluid and, and wonderful the experience is on Ice Cream Sandwich. Um, you know, they're, they're threatening it and, you know, they're kind of attacking it from a legal perspective. And I mean, no doubt Apple is constantly innovating. I'm sure they'll, they'll attack it from an innovative perspective as well in terms of innovating on either software or hardware. But, um, I think there's such a big threat that they kind of have to attack it, at it from from multiple angles, right? I mean, I I understand the the idea behind a patent and, and basically uh, not having someone else make money off of your own innovation, uh, but I mean, there should be a limit to it, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like like the next one, for example, uh, the 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 next patent that they're claiming is. Um, again, issued just a, a couple months ago. But it's basically uh, covering uh, a, a single search interface. Uh, so, you know, the search bar um, that you could just type it in and it, it searches uh, multiple sources at once, right? So it'll search online, it'll search your address book, it'll search your, your apps, the Android market, whatever. Um, and so in Ice Cream Sandwich, you have that, that Google search bar, same, same way that kind of webOS had uh, Synergy, Right where you just you just type in and it starts searching through contacts, through you know calendar entries, through emails, uh, and basically this is what this, this patent is, um, and uh, that that's kind of where the injunctive request comes from. Um,
1: <laughs> but like, so. at, at this point, it seems
0: like such a such a simple thing that I I, w- I wish patents were granted on less granular things, right? So it has to be something lot grander especially when a technology has been in use for so long already and i understand you know it it takes a while for patents to be granted but i I don't know something like that when when stuff just becomes more common sense type of stuff and stuff that's already kind of in the market in use regularly just across the board i don't think that that should qualify for a patent
1: but I'm, i'm thinking back to um you know the uh, Windows desktop search add-on that you could get for XP where you could type right. in search and it would search all you through your documents and the, the web, web and your email and just, you know. Right. Exactly. Yes, it's, like, it's just like, you know, you've got to draw a line somewhere because I can kind of understand you might be able to pattern how you do something, but surely you can't. I mean, well, obviously you can, but just if you look at it, you can pattern the, the, um, the ability to do something, not how you do something. hmm You know, if if, if they were copying, you know, Apple's indexing feature or something or the way they, you know, bring, bring relevance up through the search results, stuff like that, I could kind of get it. But it's just, you know, a single search interface that just covers, well, let's just shut down the internet. Let's Google.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. As I say, no, you can't search the internet because (laughs) AltaVista has a patent on, on searching the internet. You know, uh, AltaVista is the, the The oldest uh search engine I can think of, but you know so, something that isn't even around anymore well, they have a patent or you know yahoo has been uh, has had search, so you can't search the internet um,
1: I was tell you my son in the morning, I'm sorry, son, you can't get dressed in that way because somebody's already figured that one out <laughs> <laughs> right right um,
0: third patent um is uh, covers the the slide to unlock feature. Um, you know, they, they had a patent already on something similar, but this one I guess is a bit broader. Uh, um, you know, slide slide to unlock has become, you know, very pervasive. Um, this one I can kind of understand, right? Because before I can't think of anything before Apple that had kind of slide to unlock, um, or that idea, right? It was always like when you unlock a phone, you always enter a pin.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to think, yeah, the, um, I think the earliest Windows Mobile I can remember was Windows Mobile 6, or might have been 6.5, I can't think of anything before that.
0: Yeah, so, it's like, okay, I mean, this this is understandable, but again, it's become so per- pervasive and so common sense
1: that it's kind of like a, I don't know, um, Actually, sorry. What when I said about Windows, actually, I might have been thinking about the HTC Sense UI on top that had a slide to unlock. But even so, yeah, again, I mean,
0: I mean, the the first the first Windows Mobile device that had slide to unlock was on the HTC Touch, um, and that was released, I think, right before uh, the iPhone was released. Um, but at that point, it was you know it was kind of already shown off, so it was um, that. Those were the, the kind of the roots for, for sense. Um, back then it was called touch flow. Yeah. So, uh, and the, the final patent in the claim is, um, talking about, um, using a touch screen keyboard where, uh, suggest, suggestions are, are picked up and can either be accepted or rejected by the user. <laughs> so, so it's okay if I
1: plug your keyboard in. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> and it's, uh, so basically we're talking about predictive, predictive, uh, text. And, uh.
1: Um, that was what, Nokia with the, uh, N9 stuff, wasn't it? Back yeah. In, what, 2004 something?
0: 2005? Yeah. Earlier than that, I think. Earlier, than, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, Apple's filed for the patent and they got it, so. Uh, so ba- based on these patents, they basically want, uh, an injunction placed on, on Galaxy Nexus hardware. Uh, being sold and no doubt as we start seeing uh, more Android 4.0 devices uh, released into the market um, I'm guessing that we'll probably see more of these.
1: Yeah, I mean I know you know Microsoft is just as guilty of, of you know doing this and it's certainly been said that that was really kind of Google's reason for, for purchasing um, Motorola.
0: Yeah, it could very well be. I mean, to to be able to defend itself.
1: Yeah, or
0: at, it, at least counteract, right? So, yeah.
1: because so. they can't really fight on behalf of their REMs, but if they actually own one, then they have a reason to to put their weight behind defending it. So, but I right. right, just it just it gets to the point. I just think where it stifles innovation, and you know, I think that's that's a shame if it gets to that point. And um, like I say, I, you know. Microsoft are guilty of exactly the same thing. It just seems to be that's the way at the moment that ultimately this will end up probably with just Android having to... Um, sorry, with um, them having to license the patents to be able to use them with the device, so... Yep. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: All right, well, uh moving on to other news. Uh I know there's some Windows 8 news that I'm sure you want to get to.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly... I guess, again, the big news is going to be next week, hopefully when the developer preview um, gets released. But I know one of the biggest things that I've been talking about on on Twitter when I've been on there just lately um, was really exactly what Microsoft were intending when it comes to um, Windows on ARM devices, which um, was kind of relatively expected that um, they would be much more um, iPad-like devices. Um to kind of compete on that price point, I mean we were talking about the um about you about yourself purchasing a tablet and the, the cost of them when they 're full kind of core i five core i seven level um but hopefully with windows on arm, there should be a lot cheaper devices um and also with the potential of kind of multi day battery life and and almost working like a, a mobile phone and the, one of the biggest questions that was kind of surrounding that was whether or not it would or wouldn't um Contain the, the Windows 8 desktop, so the um, default UI on Windows 8 is going to be this new Metro experience, but behind it, if you've got um, an Intel AMD platform and you've got Windows 8, you can still get back to the desktop and install all your old applications like WinZip and, you know, whatever your mouse you might want to use. You know, your favorite text editor, your favorite software developing platform, um, but it's really about what was going to be possible with Windows on ARM given that um, your standard x86 64 um, applications won't run Um, and finally Microsoft actually started talking about this and announced that yes there will be a desktop there um, but it will only although again (laughs) typical Microsoft Windows 8 fashion they're still being relatively um, cagey about full details but only if they're Microsoft um, Office apps now I'm wondering whether or not that will mean that actually Microsoft might certify certain applications to be installable, um, so that you can use some traditional desktop apps, but they'd have to be completely rewritten, or whether or not it purely will be just uh, uh, element of Office 15, which I believe they've said is Word, Excel, OneNote, and I think it was PowerPoint. Um, but certainly, it's kind of tipped the balance for me. It's a kind of the missing missing link that would there be some way of um, having a more traditional, productive applications on the device as well as the kind of cut-down Metro UI kind of um, taking in media, um, consuming media rather than actually composing stuff. And I think it's quite nice that there'll be that small link back to the traditional desktop. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I have to admit, I, I'm not as excited uh, about Windows ARM as... As a lot of people are, um, I'm, I'm excited about the premise of it, right? Uh, being able to, of course, run an uh, OS on these low power devices, long, long battery life, especially when we're talking about mobility. Um, but in terms of functionality, I, I still, <laughs> even when I don't need it, I still kind of crave the power of of a nice full processor, uh, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, we we're talking about the show about, yeah, I think I've, I'm, I'm basically. Uh, deciding, uh, I've decided to get the the Samsung Series Seven Slate that we talked about last week, um, despite its price of uh, thirteen hundred dollars. Uh, but the reason it's thirteen hundred dollars is because it's it's basically uh, a, a full laptop uh, in terms of of hardware specs, uh, right? So it has it's got a hundred twenty eight gig SSD, um, it has a Core i five processor. Um, the the other device that I was I was debating and contemplating on getting was the 11.6 inch Samsung seven uh, I'm sorry Samsung Series nine laptop, um, which is about the same price as the Series seven slate, but the Series nine laptop the 11.6 inch uh, only comes in a Core i3 configuration. Um, and and they're about the same price, and and they're actually the same size in terms of, of screen real estate. Um, so if if I just get that um, there's that that kind of portfolio cover accessory for the slate that allows me to kind of prop it prop the the slate up, it comes with a Bluetooth keyboard, it comes with a dock. I mean, I'm basically getting you know a, a nice powerful ultrabook with the flexibility of a slate. Um, for the same price that it could the series 9 which is uh, a lower powered cpu um and obviously i think i think the biggest benefit is obviously uh battery life um but i i'm, I'm okay with managing that as long as i can you know still run some semi uh processor intensive um processes i guess <laughs> <laughs> uh on there and and don't find myself limited uh, with you know okay well I can't have um, this app running on it or you know I can't have plugins uh, allowed hint hint segue <laughs>
1: yes that was the uh, <clears throat> that was the uh, the other post that was all so well kind of what came out of it really this is a link to um, a post by Mary Joe Foley and basically that um, although they didn't come out and out actually say it, um, if they are only really allowing, um, let's say, maybe Office or maybe some Microsoft se- select um, applications onto the desktop, that that pretty much writes off the possibility of there being plugins. So um, just to recap for anyone not aware, Windows 8 on Intel, um, they'll have two versions of Internet Explorer, um, a Metro version, which will be pluginless lists. Um, So it will support full HTML5, um, video playback, and and all those nice things, which seems to be the way way everyone's moving. But in terms of Flash, in terms of Silverlight, those plugins won't be allowed. But what there will be is a button, um, a menu that you can pop up to choose Desktop View, which will take you back to the traditional Windows 8 desktop, launch uh, the full version of IE, which will include um, Flash and Silverlight and all those other things. Um, Whereas with... Microsoft is saying they won't allow any third-party applications on the on the desktop, then that would pretty much confirm that there will be no um, flash and no silver light on ARM, which, again, kind of comes back to the very traditional kind of iPad-style um, experience where those features aren't available. Um, and I know that was um, one of the big things p- uh, pushed by um, the BlackBerry Um, playbook in terms of it supporting flash and i'm pretty certain saying that the android devices support flash so it's an interesting decision by microsoft to 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 go that route but again i think windows on arm is specifically aimed at at, at longer battery life you know they're going to be devices that work like a mobile phone they never actually turn off um and i think it's that that kind of really appeals to me because i'll still have our main desktop pc if i really want um the power of uh, you know encoding video or whatever else it might be um one of the things I'm still interested on in seeing which i haven't seen come out yet is whether or not um windows on arm would include media center for me it would be quite nice if it did um but that also then would be mm-hmm. quite limited because um although you'll be able to s- install drivers through windows update um you still um so for for me i wouldn't it's going to be unlikely that i can use my media center with uh, dvb link because I won't be able to install their tools. And any Metro um, apps that you could install, it's pretty unlikely that you, they'll be able to interact with the desktop. And even if that's possible, it's highly unlikely that DVB-Link would be able to install those virtual, tuner, um, hardware, uh, sorry, virtual hardware devices.
0: Yeah, and I mean, given the, what we have heard about Media Center, the, I mean, we know it's going to be included in, in the final uh, product, um but i think recently there was mention about possibly having um media center only on on specific skews right so we might be going back to the model from windows xp days where there was a media center edition of windows um yeah. or or you know limited skews so and uh, in addition to that, we know that Media Center is turning into more of a, a I think, a, a legacy technology or legacy product that they're still going to, again, support and re- integrate into Windows 8. But the fact that they're saying it's it's now a, a, a legacy product makes me believe that they wouldn't <clears throat> take the time to further develop it to be able to run on ARM efficiently. Um my guess is that we won't see Media Centre on our ARM.
1: Yeah, and I'd agree with that, although it might well be proved wrong next week. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean certainly it's coming back that the the Windows on ARM features that I that I, I really like is that iPad like experience that you know because one of the things that I'm finding using the um iconia is that um it's still difficult to use um desktop style apps. Um, purely because you just can't touch, you know, that smaller area of screen, and there's no, there's no um, stylus to use with it. So I think, given that you'd most, I'd mostly be living in that metro world, then I think, um, you know, I wouldn't mind giving up that functionality.
0: Yeah. Yep. See, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, another reason why uh, my purchase of the Samsung Series Seven Slate is justified. I'm not gonna have to worry about that. <laughs> Um, let's see. And I guess we only have, uh, one more story, right? Uh, Phones For You announces jump contract for regular phone upgrades. Uh, so, dude, uh, I haven't, uh, read much to this. You want to talk about the story?
1: Uh, yeah, it's just, um, I mean, we've, we've talked about on the, on the show quite a bit about this whole two-year contracts and they you know, that's quite a long time, especially in a, a technology, a fast-paced technology, um, technology like mobile phones so um it's interesting to see a company in the UK which uh, phones for you which is quite a well known company um that they're actually offering the facility of paying a small additional fee per month and actually kind of separating out the cost of the handset um from your um uh, mobile tariff um and it gives the opportunity depending on how much you're willing to pay that actually you could have an have a new handset um every 6 months um so i just thought it's quite you know quite an interesting concept it seems that they've been trying to trialing it in certain areas and now they're actually doing a a full rollout and it's certainly you know for someone like myself you know doing a show like this it would be nice to be able to get my hands on you know the latest technology without necessarily forking out every six twelve months for you know a, a brand new handset which these days can you know easily run to 500 pounds roughly and um interesting enough they they played around with a number of different concepts of you know that you would give the phone back so you'd pay a slightly additional fee but then you'd return the phone um, and that would kind of act as a trade in on top of what you'd paid um, on a fee but interesting enough and I, I i'm definitely inclined to agree that they felt co- consumers would be concerned with that sort of um, arrangement through because of privacy issues, and also because people are used to owning their phone, but you know, giving a phone back, although although it's got the facility to generally wipe it, you can never be sure that your data is completely gone. And I think there was even some stories of um, some devices recently being sent out refurbished that had actually got people's data still on them. So, um, just a kind of interesting story that I thought, just curious on, on what you thought of it, cause it's certainly a, a change, a shift away from, you know, this, you can have a new device, but you have to wait every two years and. Yeah. Uh, and
0: it, it's definitely need a, a change to the, to the status of that. And again, we, we touched on, we touched on this, um, last week, right, that, that there used to be some type of, uh, um, <laughs> tripping on words here, I I, I I can't think of the word, but basically, uh, the, the current system no longer works based on, on the schedule of, of devices, uh, it's no longer where you're fine with your device every two years, um, you know, now it's, it's every year, um, for some, you know, even sooner than that, but uh, it's pretty normal to to get something every year. Uh so I think uh, um, it's it's nice that it's nice that they're they're trying something new.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's it's good to see a bit of innovation in the mobile phone industry, you know, that you know it's everyone just kind of follows everyone else and that you you know it's a 24 month contract and the phone's free and you're going to pay for it over the next 24 months and you know it's particularly where as we've said, you know, it's becoming less and less, um, well, not that it ever was a a great experience, but it's still this whole carrier issues over controlling, you know, updates to phones and, you know, Windows Phone is unfortunately falling back into that that category with, you know, people still not having the the, uh, disappearing keyboard bug fix rolled out to their phones and you know, so it comes to the point where actually the, the best way to keep up to date with the most latest version of your operating system and most latest handsets is, you know, to, to upgrade. And it's I think it's good to, to have the opportunity to do that more often. And I think, you know, the Titan and the Titan 2 is, you know, a good example of that. I think, what was it, it's was about 50 days or something between, <laughs> between those two to us. Now, I know, yeah. appreciate that, that there isn't. You know, in, unless you're a real, um, upgrade junkie, there isn't much difference. But you still kind of, as a, as a consumer, must feel a bit of a sigh when you see that there's a, you know, a, a newer, in, however small improvement, but that there's a newer device out that you've only just received and going to have to keep for two years.
0: Yeah, and that's just it, right? I mean, all the consumer sees is, is two, right? I mean, whatever version two. So Titan, Titan two. And they're like, what? I just got this Titan one. And you see a lot of parodies uh made you know whether it be in commercials or or film or uh skit shows you know you always see parodies about oh we you know actually i can think of a perfect example uh, a best buy commercial somebody goes in and and they buy i think a tv and they walk out the door and you know somebody says there somebody's walking in saying oh you know that's that's yesterday's model i'm here to pick up the you know the Panasonic Lumia Seven or whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and technology really does move that quickly, right? And uh, from a consumer's perspective, uh, you know, the difference between the time one and the time two could have been uh, nothing more than storage or an extra button, but from a consumer's perspective, you're already out of date. And it's it's not a good feeling to have when you spend because these are expensive devices, right? We're not talking about some little ten dollar gadget that you're going out to buy. These are these are expensive devices, which is why you know a lot of people get them on subsidy because, uh, you know, straight unlocked OEM, you can expect to pay six seven hundred dollars, uh, for a single phone. Um, That's not a small purchase. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully this year, uh, you know, we've heard from di- different manufacturers that they're going to be simply uh, committing to to more of uh, kind of the, the Hero or the Halo device strategy rather than, you know, just pumping out variation after variation uh, of the same device. Um, so hopefully that will help, uh, but also kind of adjusting the way that uh, the phone market works in terms of contracts. Uh, would definitely help alleviate that and, and get it more into sync, Uh right? So manufacturers are definitely doing too much right now. Uh, carriers are doing too little. Um, so I, I think that a happy medium exists.
1: Yeah, definitely. It would be interesting to see if um, <clears throat> anyone else follows suit. Because I would imagine – because obviously carriers would rather you went straight to them rather than going through these kind of resellers like, uh, phones for you and car phone warehouse. Um, I'm sure there are similar styles, um, outlets in the US as well. Um, so it'd be interesting see if they, the, the carriers start offering this, a similar thing. Yep. So, but, uh, I'm lucky really because my contract will be due for renewal about the same time as Windows Phone 8 hopefully. So, yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> So I'm quite lucky really I I should fit pretty much exactly with that 2 year rolling cycle even if I do have to wait it'd so, be quite good.
0: Yeah, nice. All right. Um I think that covers it, right? Well, do do you really want to talk
1: about angry birds? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Let's 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 rise above it. All right. All right. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, in that case I think that about covers it. Um short show this week, uh, slow we can use but you know, next week Mobile World Congress I'm sure we will have plenty to talk about, in the meantime you can reach us at mobile at digital you can also follow us on Twitter, I am at Jose R. Ortiz I'm at database Jace John is at John Dickinson and Sheldon is at Sheldon W, and I think this is going to wrap it up for show number 103, so Jace, I'll talk to you next week Yep, yeah. cheers Jose Alright, see ya
1: Bye